Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's another week. It's the Live Life Progressive Show. Mike Marlowe's over there. Sincere Hogan, that's me. And it's just us. We're doing this solo. Well, duo. Yeah. We yeah, go. we had a we had a total flake out by our <laughs> guest today. And we'll make fun of him when we get him back down the line. But the thing is, when you flake on us, you don't just get to come back at the next open slot. You go to the back of the line. And one of the worst and things that, you can do that is line's like, starting to get pretty long. <laughs> a, yeah, it is. It's, it's a long, flaky line. And one of the worst <laughs> things you can do when you flake out is be a friend of ours and flake out because you know you're yeah. going to you're going to catch it even worse than some of these strangers that we don't know that come on. That yeah, when, come when on this show. guy comes on, who's a great guy by the oh. way and a good friend of ours, but when he comes on, you better have a good reason for flaking out because. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna give them a rough time. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about some people that aren't flakes, and those are people that are using coupon code LLA to support the show. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to run down a few names here. We got Lewis Olmsted, Mark Dondre, Ashley Coates, Eddie Briggs, Christopher Kaufman, Scott Green, Glenn Scott. Morris, Sean Powell, Eric French, Kim McConchie. Dave Asner and Alexander Cortez, they're all using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements money can buy. So make sure you go over to MikeMahler.com, use that coupon code. And by the way, my testosterone booster is completely sold out right now. And I've been buying bigger and bigger batches on each run, and they still just keep selling out. I mean, I have another one in the pipeline right now, so I'll get my next shipment in a couple weeks. But I'm telling you, folks, that's not a marketing gimmick when it says sold out. <laughs> it's for real. So next time, so those of you that are always on the fence, oh, I'm still thinking about it. Don't think about it for too long because you can't even buy it right now if you wanted to. And that's because people are buying it. And when it runs out, they're buying it again because I'm a business that runs on word of mouth and repeat business. I don't do any expensive marketing campaigns. I don't pay people to pretend they use the product. You know, I rely on people, real world people like yourself, use it, getting great results. And then telling other people about it. So, you know, I can't just wear my aggressive strength T-shirt, man, and just and leave it at that. Just I'm supporting <laughs> you. That doesn't work. Okay. Hey, that's pretty me. If you bought a T-shirt for me, we're all good. Man. You bought something for me. If you bought an e-book for me or you bought no, my you, LLA no. book, hey, it's cool. No, man, just give me the T-shirt. Let me wear it, and then I can pretend like I'm using your product. You know, that's what other people do, right? but yeah man so yeah some of those names are very familiar man and and some of those people have also bought from me and also big shouts out to dan chiserick and thomas brian McElwain. you know i hope i got his name right so and then also david wilson and the cool thing about these guys man not only do they buy our products they also support us on patreon as well same time they buy the product then they go and they pledge on patreon on patreon.com slash lla podcast and they're monthly supporters of the show. So, man, they're, they're covering all the aspects of keeping their heads out of their asses, like some of the people who freeload. So, you know, big shots to them. And here's another cool thing I saw the other day, Mike. Some of these names that we just mentioned, I also saw they went over to our buddy Jace's um, pledge, um, his GoFundMe page, who's helping him, you know, help, buy, you know, take care of all his bills while he's fighting right. cancer. Some of these same folks, man are going over there and they're pledging and supporting Jace and, and Michelle and helping them out as well, man, take care of those bills, man, the why he's fighting cancer. And so I saw some of these same names, man, and I really appreciate that you guys are going over there and supporting him. And as a matter of fact, speaking of Jace, as we're recording the show today, today is his birthday, man. So let's oh, just, happy so, birthday, you know, man. I'm looking forward to Jace, man, having many more birthdays and kicking cancer in his ass, man. So Absolutely. big shouts out to him and everybody's been supporting him. So we really appreciate that. So yeah, continue to use that coupon code, folks, LLA on both of our websites, MikeMahler.com, NewWarriorTraining.com. And, um, yeah, we, we appreciate all that. And then so. one more shout-out to you. Our friend Dr. Mark Gordon, he's yes. been on the show before. We'll get him back again soon. 
he has teamed up with the Warrior Angels Foundation. So it's just warriorangelsfoundation.org. And he is implementing his program to help soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder, using his hormone optimization strategies to get their moods right, to help them beat depression and just live productive lives. So he's doing some fantastic work for some very important people that deserve our support. So definitely head over there as well, yeah. make a donation, do what you can to help out. Yeah, we keep, yeah the link is in the show notes, folks. Uh, we started putting it in there last week when Mike brought it up. So hopefully we can get Dr. Gordon back on, man, so we can talk about this, man. This is a- well, yeah, we'll definitely get him back on. I want he, He's going to come back on, and he has one of his patients that awesome. goes around with him quite a bit talking about his experiences with his protocol. So I'd like to get both of them back on. Perfect, man. Then all four of us can have a good conversation. So we'll do that definitely before this year's up. Perfect. All right, man. Let's roll with it. All right. I mean, we have plenty of things to talk about today. A couple of things I wanted to share, some personal stuff and then some stuff that I think will really help other people might, who might be dealing with similar issues. So about a month ago, I've been having this issue with my left arm for a while, and I thought it might be a bone spur. So I went to an orthopedic office, had some x-rays done, had it checked out. And it turns out it's way worse than a bone spur, unfortunately. A bone spur, you could just go in there, you get a scope, clean it out, good right. to go, as Thomas Inglin mentioned on the show a couple episodes back. With mine, it's it's severe arthritis in my left elbow where basically the bone is just rubbing on bone. There isn't any space between the two, which is why I have so much clicking going on there. Sometimes it gets really tight. If I don't do my joint mobility and stay on top of things, sometimes it's hard to even straighten out completely. So anyway, <laughs> the doctor had a very negative prognosis where he his bright idea was just to give me a bunch of painkillers and send me on my way. And then he thought it might be rheumatoid arthritis. And the difference between rheumatoid and osteoarthritis is osteo is more related to an incident, wear and tear. Like maybe you went running too much and you wore your knee out. Maybe you did too much Muay Thai and your elbow is shot, right. too much jujitsu, et cetera. So it's related to activity, excessive activity. While rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition where your immune system is attacking healthy tissue. So when you have RA, basically you have pain everywhere. It's not going to just be in one area. It's going to be all over the body. So it's pretty serious, pretty devastating condition. So he thought I might have that. One, I'm too young to have that. But let's say theoretically I did have that. I wouldn't just have pain in my left elbow. It would be everywhere else. So anyway, I knew right away that wasn't it. And then he's like, yeah, you could check out some inflammatory markers. I was like, I don't need to check that out. I just got that checked out two weeks ago. C-reactor protein was extremely low. Other markers of inflammation were all in optimal areas, so I know it's not systemic. It's only pain in my left elbow anyway, so even if I didn't do any blood work, I would know. I go sprinting three times a week. I do heavy squats, deadlifts. If I had shot knees, believe me, you're not going to be able to do any of that stuff. 40-inch box jumps, all that stuff I do, forget it. So anyway, I knew right away what to do, and it wasn't take painkillers. One, increase Restorezyme to – I've just been taking six caps for a while, kind of a maintenance dose. I went back up to 15, and then I got on glucosamine, acetylmeristolate, and MSM. I've mentioned these all in the past because I give my dogs it, these supplements to help with their hips and so forth. And I have a 16-year-old yellow lab who's doing extremely well on this protocol. So basically, the protocol I put her on, I put myself on. And it's been about a month now, and the arm feels great. You know, I don't have full range of motion. I probably never will, but it doesn't inhibit me from doing anything I want to do. Kettlebell presses, I'm doing heavy presses again. I feel great. Deadlift squats, no problem. Weighted pull-ups. As long as I keep the form in a certain certain range, I'm fine. So this, this protocol has been working really well. So for those of you that want to try, you might be having some joint issues. I use a vegan glucosamine, so it's not made from shellfish. And it's a company called Diva that makes it. That's D-E-V-A, not D-I-V-A. <laughs> and it's 
it's a combination of glucosamine, MSM, acetylmeristolate, boswella, which is an herb that's great for some pain, and then lipase, which is another enzyme that's also in Restorazon. I actually give this to my yellow lab, and I also have a, an old cocker spaniel. I give it to him as well. It works great for them. They both go for long walks every day, no problem. Most dogs aren't even alive at their age, let right. alone as active as they are. And I've been using this protocol for myself for a month, and I, I think it's actually really benefiting because the arm feels pretty good right now. So anyway, those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying, here's the question. Um, as far as your pets, because I've had friends whose pets are kind of going through arthritis, and you know, I had a friend who just recently lost her dog. She asked me, you know, about this. Probably, I think it was probably a little too late at that point because you know yeah. she just lost him, whatever. But I remember reaching out to you about this. Yeah, how much? You know, pretty much like what's the dosage? Do you think is you know good for the pets? And then also, what's the dosage that's kind of good for for humans? As far as yeah, I'm, I'm using the same dosage for myself okay. as I give them. So I'm just looking at the label. It's about 1,500 milligrams of okay. glucosamine, which is also what Dr. Yeah, we were just Jose about Antonio yeah, mentioned exactly. last week. Yep. Yeah. MSM is 750 milligrams. You can take okay. an additional MSM on that. You can take it up to three grams. Okay. And then acetylmeristolate is at about 100 milligrams. I actually just added some additional acetylmeristolate. There's a product called Meristin which is a really good acetylmeristolate. And for those of you that don't want to take gel caps, it comes in a powder as well. So there's a couple options there. And that's easy to mix in dog's food too. So it's easy to make it more compliant. The Boswella extracts at about 100 milligrams. So anyway, if you want a simple option, just get that Diva vegan glucosamine. It's only 10 bucks a bottle. It lasts a month. So it's not like you're going to break the bank to take this for yourself or for your animals or anyone else that's going to take it in your family. So if you're experiencing any joint problems or you have a pet that's experiencing joint problems, get definitely get them on this stuff. And I also give Grover half the dose. He's my one of my other dogs who's he's coming on 10 now, which is hard to believe wow. because he's extremely energetic. Yeah, he's still like he hasn't a puppy, slowed man. down one bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's a puppy when they see him just running around like a madman. So I'm giving him this stuff more as a preventative measure. Okay, I was going to ask you that, that too because I, yeah. I wanted because I was thinking about giving that to to Austin. You know, it, would it be advisable to give it to him? You know, if he didn't have any issues or whatever. Yeah, so, I yeah. think so. I think it's better to to act as a preventive measure rather rather than wait for things to happen and right. then do something. It's kind of like waiting for your car to break down and then you do something about it. <laughs> right. Well, if you just did a bunch of maintenance things ahead of time you know it's like you know if you check your your air pressure every time you fill up gas guess what you're not going to get a flat tire very often unless you hit a nail on the road or right. something along those lines but most people never do that and they're getting flats all the time yeah you could have easily prevented that stuff just changing the fluids in your cars you know there's a lot of simple things you can do with your car i'm by no means a car expert but just simple things that you can do on a regular basis and you can avoid really expensive costs right. related to your vehicle so same thing with your body so rather than waiting for it to break down the, the unfortunate problem is that as we've mentioned many times on the show most people don't value restoration yeah. a lot of a lot of our friends who love to work out they don't mind pushing themselves through the pain and then they'll just deal with the pain because they're mentally tough but if you did some restoration methods such as weekly massages maybe spa hot sauna See steam room things like that. How about just taking your you ass did. to sleep at night? How yeah, about yeah, that? exactly. Eight <laughs> let's start, hours let's start deep right. sleep, let's start good with the nutrition. Cheapest, the cheapest yeah. recovery you can do is just go to bed. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're sleeping four hours a night, drinking five cups of coffee a day, and trying to work out hard. On top of all that, you're just burning that candle on both ends. You're not, you're not doing anything to restore. And eventually, you eventually the whole thing is going to come crashing down, and it's going to be a really ugly sight. Right. So if you want to, if you want, if you enjoy lifting heavy and working out hard. You want to be able to do it for a long time. Right. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can get away with it at a certain age. But at a certain point, it's going to hit you hard right. in a very negative manner. Definitely. So, yeah, man. So back to that elbow of yours. 
Yeah, so anyway, that, that's the deal with the elbow. I'm just doing those things now. And it's been about a month. You know, this was on August 24th that I went to that orthopedic office because I, that, that's a date that I'm never going to forget because as when, when I, came, I, I came out of there, I wasn't discouraged really one bit. I mean, it was it was kind of disappointing that it wasn't a bone spur because that would have been easy. But at the same time, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad it wasn't because that would have required a surgery and then I wouldn't be able to train for a while, et cetera. So here, there's there's no surgery that's going to happen. I just have to mitigate these issues. And you know what? Every time I have a problem and I find a solution, it always becomes part of my business. <laughs> so I mean, I had testosterone issues as a young man, and then I, I learned how to fix it via supplementation and nutrition. And guess what? Now I have a the best testosterone booster ever. It all came from me having a problem. If I never had a problem with testosterone, I never would have had these product lines. If I never had a problem with inflammation, I never would have had Restorezyme. So it all came from problems I had. I figure out solutions, and then you realize, you know what? I bet a lot of other people have these problems. So it's who knows what I'll come with out of this thing. But anyway, as, as my father, I get in my car, and my, my cell phone's been lit up because it's, my father's tried to call me many times. Mm. And I thought, he, I thought he was probably calling about their dog because I had talked to him a couple of days before, and their dog, when my parents' dog was really sick, they were thinking they may have to put him down. So when I saw the phone lit up, I was like, ah, oh, they probably had to put him down. That's too bad. So I talked to my father, and it's much worse than that. My mother had a heart attack. Bam, died just like that. And that – you don't even know what to say in an right. incident like that. I mean it's just – it's it, – doesn't even sit in. It's like I, he had, I, I, he said it, and then I was like, "What?" And then he had to say it again, and he didn't want to say it again because it's right. hard. To, it's hard to call up your son and tell him your mom, his mom is dead, and I'm sure that was hard alone to make that call and to say it was hard and then have to repeat it. You could just tell it was very difficult, and it just it just did not sink in. I just sat there in silence, didn't really, I didn't know what to say, and then he told me she had a heart attack. She went fast. She wasn't in a lot of pain, but it was very sudden, and none of us saw it coming. It wasn't like she was sick for a long time, and we kind of expected this. Mm-hmm. It was something where she had high blood pressure for a while. She didn't deal with stress well at all, which is something I really want to bring up is the fact that forget about stress management. Stress eradication is critical because it's a real silent killer, and I think that more than anything else played a role in what happened to her. Right. Her nutrition wasn't bad. Her nutrition was pretty good. She was really into exercise. You know, she was never overweight, but she did not handle stress well at all. She would get stressed out over little things. And I also think that she was a very sensitive, gentle person where she internalized too much. Sometimes when people talk to you in a certain way or you deal with certain things, you just internalize that instead of getting it off your chest. And I, I really wish that she got stuff off her chest a lot more because a lot of times I would engage her when I could see that she was really in a just thinking about something. I'd be like, what's wrong? And sometimes you'd get her to talk about certain things. But most of the time it was like she didn't want to burden other people. And I, I wish she burdened other people, myself, my brother, my father more. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have helped her. You know, who knows? These are all things you're thinking about after the fact. You know, who knows what how much any of this would have dealt with prevention. Just, just, your, your mind is just racing. But you know, later on that day, I'm trying to do groceries. I'm trying to just run through daily activities, which I found very difficult because you're at the grocery counter. Oh, hey, how are you doing? And you have right. to just go through the motions, like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Because what are you going to do? You're going to tell every stranger you meet your mother just died. It's like, oh, right, I just found right. out my mother died five minutes ago. You know, you, you can't unload that stuff on people right. <laughs> because uh, it's going to two things are going to happen. One, they're going to feel really bad for you. Two, they're not going to know what to say. Or right. three, maybe they have a story. I mean, you just you just you just can't do that because you're going to be talking too much. And you don't really want to – I mean at least my personal experience is I didn't really want to tell everybody because then I got to keep telling the same story of what happened and yeah. so forth. 
So I just kind of kept that stuff to myself. This is the day actually before we did the podcast with Steve. So yeah. I was actually thinking about just canceling the next couple of episodes, and I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, it's not fair to you, number one. Number two, the last thing you want to do is just dwell too much. You know, you've right. got to stay productive. So you got to keep doing your workouts. You keep doing your routines. At the same time, you don't want to distract yourself from going through sorrow because you have to go through sorrow. My, my, my mom meant a lot to me. It's not like I had some estranged relationship with her. You know, she had a very profound effect on who I am. She got me into being compassionate to animals. She got me into Hinduism, vegetarian diet. In fact, when I was a kid, I'm reading comic books on Krishna and Rama and Hanuman <laughs> while my friend's kids are – my friends are reading X-Men, Superman, and yeah, stuff like that. They'd right. come over to the house, and I have like this big stack of these Hinduism comics. They're like, those <laughs> guys know? with all the arms. What is that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, is that Dr. Octopus? Like, no, man. <laughs> Who's that elephant? I'm, re- <laughs> you know? I'm reading a comic book on the Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a comic book on Ganesh. I mean, I mean it, it was, it was really, I mean, and that was the beginning of me getting into religious studies, which I ultimately majored in. So a lot of the things I got into, fitness, nutrition, compassion for animals other people started with her and then i took it in my own took it in my own way took it to my other took it in my own direction so anyway i I just wanted to put that out there because i know other people have been through things like this Mm -hmm. and i'm not some expert on how to deal with the grieving process but i I do feel that you have to go through the grieving process you have to experience sorrow whatever whatever comes out don't want to repress it if you're angry get angry if you're sad be sad if you feel you need more time to yourself, do it. If you feel like you need to talk to people about it, do that. But don't distract yourself where you just try to pretend everything is okay. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm just going to go to the movies and watch TV and go talk to my friends and so forth. Yeah, yeah it's, just it's, what's so funny is so many people have so many answers when they haven't dealt with it yet. Like, well, you know, if I had ab- if ever happened to me, <laughs> this is what I would do. Like, you don't know what the hell you're going to do, no matter who you are. I mean, even for me, man, I, I think I'm a pretty, you know, emotionally strong person. But when my dad, you know, passed away, man, it's like never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would have fucking panic attacks. Okay, and that was the scariest thing. The first time it happened to me, I didn't know what, I thought I was having a heart attack. It was crazy. I'm like, what the hell is going, where is this coming from? And, you know, I'm on the floor crawling, dude. Now, all I can think about was that episode of the freaking Sopranos, you know, when Tony had one. And he was like, looking like he thought he was going to die. And I was like, come on, man, this is, this is from TV. This is, I mean, come on, really? I, I meant, okay, and I think that I'm pretty mentally strong. So I'm like, all right, just, you know, stop, get in the moment, think about it, make it stop, you know, get up. Get up. It was, it was so surreal. It was like I was outside yeah. of my body. It was like, yeah. dude, sincere, get up. You know, why are you on the, stop acting like a pussy and get up off the fucking floor. That's what I was telling <laughs> myself, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I could not, I, I just felt decapitated, man. It just felt like I had no arms to crawl on. I didn't even know how I got from one end of the hallway to the other. I even got right. there. And I was at that time, I was living alone at that time. You know, I was going through a separation, about to go through a divorce. So all this, I think all that was a culmination of things yeah. happening at once no in my doubt. body and trying to maintain all that stuff. And it just all hit me. And I was like, I'm going to die in this apartment by myself. No one's going to find me till like maybe, what, a week or a month later. And the body's going to, all this is going through my head. And like, what about my daughter? What about my son? You know, what right. about my son's going to, all this is going through my head all in that one moment. And so then it's like, you know what? Once I finally was able to get, I was like, you know what? I got to reach out to someone, a professional, because hell, man, I went to school for this stuff. I know, like, this, no matter what, man, what your degree or whatever it is, like, even when anything psychological or whatever, it's kind of like someone who gets in trouble 
and have to go to court. And you, even though you're a lawyer, you want to represent yourself, you represent a fool. Well, being a psychologist, you know, going, going through psychology and studying all that and me trying to mentally, you know, diagnose myself is like me trying to diagnose a fool. I was like, I, I got to get some help, someone else who's not attached to anything that, that's going on in my life. So it just, that's what I had to do. And, I felt so much better after just talking to someone about this, man, and right. addressing that. Come to find out it was much more than just the event of my father passing away. It was a whole lot of other things that just, you know, things I've kind of dealt with, like, okay, you know, that's just life, what it is. I'm still moving forward or whatever. And right. just those little things, man, and you never, until you're talking to someone, they start bringing it out because, again, they're not attached to your situation. They're not going right. to be like, you know, like, oh, man, you know, you know, your mom, she was a really good lady, blah, blah. And so it's kind of like... That's their aspect. That's where they're coming from because they have right. some type of attachment to the situation. Yeah. You know, you get that stranger, like they have, they just want to get to the bottom, like, why are you feeling this way? Let's just get to it and let's see how can we address it. And that helped me out big time, man. Just a couple of sessions, just talking to a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, because there's also a point of me, like, I, and I know going to a psychiatrist, first thing you want to do is like, kind of like how that doctor told you, first thing you want to do is give you pain pills. You know, <laughs> right. like, I'm like, I'm not trying to have someone tell me like, well, let's just go ahead and get you on. No, 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 no. I just need to talk some things well, out. Well, that happens too in situations Listen. like this. You go to a therapist and they try to get you on some kind yeah. of antidepressant. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not. And I, I was like, you I'm should human. be. I'm human. Yeah, you should experience sorrow. Like, <laughs> sorrow is part of the human experience exactly so it's not if you think you're going to go through your life without experiencing it or that it's it's or that it's something that you shouldn't experience one you should experience it right and two you're going to experience it and three you can use it to make yourself a better person so it's it's trying to avoid suffering obstacles that's the mistake right there exactly anytime anytime you experience any kind of discomfort you try to do something to get rid of it it's like no usually that means you need to stop think reflect about something slow down yeah and think about who you are, what you want to be, how you want to move forward. So the last thing you want to do is just numb it and just you know exactly just, numb just, it just to dull it or whatever because it's not going away. You know all you're gonna do you have to keep trying to medicate it to keep it dull. Eventually it's gonna to want to come to life one way or the other. So you're gonna keep on just hitting it with that tranquilizer pill over and over and over till you run out. And then guess what? You're gonna to have to deal with it. This this goes with anyone, whether you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, you know, hell, working out. You know, eventually that workout's got to end. You got to deal with life. You know, and that's the thing about it. So why is it so hard for so many folks just, you know what, just got to deal with it. Yeah, pain. It comes with life, man. Hell, you came into this life. Somebody went through pain just to put you in this world. You, know, <laughs> you, you think it was yeah. a walk in the park. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't care you know, how, how many drugs they probably gave your mom or whatever at birth. She still dealt with some pain, man. That epidural can only do so much, you know, because <laughs> guess what? They wouldn't hit her with epidurals after she had your ass. You know, so she was still getting some pain. Ask your father because he had to go through some pain for about six weeks of not getting any. <laughs> so, so, you know, pain comes with the, that's part of the contract folks so yeah man you just got to find out wh- how how you know what's going to work for you as far as dealing with it man and you may not know but you probably have to go through a few things of trying to address it but the thing is to, tr- to address it not internalize it because right. man, that's like you said man it's a stress is a silent killer man it, it is a silent yeah. killer and it, yeah. and it shows up in all these different ways but it just never it never wants to address itself as stress it may come as like you said hypertension high blood pressure you know it may come as just like overeating you know or just sitting there and just watching freaking you're purging on netflix over the weekend and not want to get up you know all those different things stress like it masks itself as the, all those different things instead of being stressed because it's somebody saying that you know well it's kind of people get a little dismissive sometimes. You say, "Oh, I'm stressed," because people say it so much that yeah. it's, even, it's even hard to take some people seriously. Like, sure, hey, what's going on, man? <sighs> man, you know, just stressed <laughs> out. Like, what? 
huh? Why are you always stressed out? What do you do? <laughs> you know? yeah. And then there's some people that don't even want to say like, oh, I'm good. Like, oh, yeah. you don't look good. So that's the thing. You don't look good. You look stressed. Whereas the other person, you just look lazy. Okay. You look bored. Well, well, my thing is I didn't want to deal with people because yeah. one, I didn't want to say everything is good because it wasn't. And no. at the same time, I didn't want to have to tell people, Oh, my mother right. just passed. And then, and then I got to oh, explain the same story again. Yeah. I got to, like, and, and, yeah. and I know people, I, I know that's just people don't know what they're doing in that situation. Right. And it's coming from a place of compassion. So I get all right. that. So I wouldn't, I, it's not like I would, uh, be rude to someone who's right. trying to be compassionate in that situation. But at the same time, it's like, I just didn't want to hear that. It's yeah. like, just don't want to hear that right now. I don't want to hang out with people and pretend everything's okay. Right. You know, because it isn't, I'm, I'm not going to just go have a little laugh. Like everything is all fun and games yeah. you know, because at least in, in my mind, it wasn't that. So I needed to isolate myself to a large extent, even from doing routine things yeah. such as getting the groceries and just running errands where you have to deal with people on a superficial basis, even stuff like that. I try to diminish as much as possible. Yeah. But like you said, a lot of people who haven't been in the situation try to give you advice and that, that becomes very, that, that was very irritating. I don't want to hear that right? You know, because they're, they haven't lost their mother or their parent or anything like that. So don't, don't try to give people advice in situations you've never been in. Right. You can just you can be compassionate. That's great, but some people would say, "Oh, you just have to do this. You have to do that." I was like, "Well, your mother's still alive, right? <laughs> you know, so it's it's easy for you to tell me that, but just don't just don't say and don't give advice on things that you can't personally relate to. It would be like someone coming back from Iraq and they've got traumatic stress disorder, and you're like, "Well, you know, you just need to do this, and you've never even been there before, let alone served in the military before." Exactly. It's like, no. Don't try to give that person advice. You can be compassionate to that person. You can be someone who helps them you know, get it off their chest. You can help them in maybe things that you're good with, like helping them with working out and nutrition, yeah. you know, whatever your specialty exactly. is. Or just say, like, but, you know, hey, if I can help in any way possible, let me know. Right. Or, right. Right. hell, if you don't want to talk about it, you just want to just sit in the room and just have me there present, I'm good with that. You know, right. you don't have to say a word at all. You don't understand. Sometimes that right there can go a long way. Nothing's being said, but they just know that they just – the vibe is there, like, okay, here's someone that's actually genuinely concerned about me. They care about me, and we don't have to say a, a damn thing, you know, and right. they get it because sometimes you just don't want to be alone, but at the same time, you don't want to talk. Right. And, you know, and people don't understand. Sometimes that silence is golden, and and we were just talking about, you know, <laughs> some people just can't sit there and just be silent with someone else present. It's like they feel like they have to say something, make small talk or whatever, but sometimes, man, that silence says a lot more than just sitting there just talking. So, hey, what about, uh, hey, well, what about this? How's the weather? Uh, what do you think about this? This Just shh, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm Well, people are always that. like, oh, what, what can I do to make you happy? What can I just say? Look, oh, I don't want to be happy right now. Right. You know, I, I don't want to feel good right now. I, I just yeah. want to go through what I need to go through right now. Right. So I'm not going to I'm not going to try to make myself feel good and, you know, watch a bunch of comedies and have a laugh. I was like, I, I'm not down with that right now. I will be fine eventually. But right now I'm going to go through this because if I don't go through it now, it's going to come out at some time where I'm not prepared for it. Yeah. You just you just ignore it. You ignore it. You suppress it. You'll be driving around. All of a sudden you start crying out of out of nowhere un, un, uncontrollably. Or you just Michael it's Douglas on falling down all of a sudden. You know, you're stuck yeah, in yeah, traffic yeah, exactly. and it's like, you know what? Enough. You know, and so and I think a lot of times so many things that are going on in this world with people and they just kind of blow up. I always want to know. Know, you know what led up to that point right, they didn't just right. wake up that day like hey i'm gonna go in and just i'm just gonna go shoot up a bunch of stuff you know right. you, you gotta ask like what led up to that what did they ignore what are the things that they were running from you want to know all these different things things are not so black and white when it comes to this. that's when it comes to anything that has to deal with the mind and anything mentally and i think a lot of times when people when it comes to situations like this when, when it comes to loss they either think like 
either you're you just you know you're sad or eventually you just get happy. They don't realize there are all these different stages of grief, you know. You know, like you said, there's the shock and denial part of it. You know, you kind of go through that. Then there's some pain and there's some guilt. And then then there's the there, there's the anger part. And then, you know, then there's like, you know, you kind of reflect on it, you you feel depressed, you feel lonely, you know, things like that. And then then you just kind of like there's that kind of turnabout for some people where it's like, okay, I've kind of went through those stages now. Now it's like, what do I do next? How do I move on? How do I honor, you know, their existence, you know, and keep moving? You know, that's what you kind of hope, you know. It's well, that's the other big one, too, is how do you honor their existence? And, yeah. and what, I, what I always remembered about what, every year from my mother's birthday, which ironically was also in August, about 10 days before she passed, mm-hmm. is that she loved elephants. Her favorite organization right. was the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, which is this incredible organization that has acres and acres of land where they take elephants that used to be in the circus or abused in some way mm-hmm. and they just give them this tranquil environment so they do a fantastic job over there so every year for her birthday i'd make a donation for her and have some have them send her some gift or some plaque some some kind of mm-hmm. some kind of uh, acknowledgement of the donation so th- this time i made like a really big donation to help every element on uh, elephants on site to the point where like the lady who runs it called me up to thank me personally and i just kind of told her the story of my mother and that was nice that was kind of cathartic as well and that that made me feel a lot better because i knew that's something that she would have felt good about doing right and then and then you think about how can you improve yourself you know maybe yeah. things maybe things about yourself you didn't like so much so how can you honor that person by being a better person Mm-hmm. That's yet. Those are the other things I thought about quite a bit. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that I was my mother was able to see me do what I love for a living. You know, yeah. she lived. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years now. So for the last decade, she saw me really enjoying my life, being happy about who I am and what I'm doing. It would have been a lot more tragic if she passed when I was working in the corporate world and miserable every day. <laughs> you know, yeah. that would have been that would have been more depressing. So I was, I was happy that she was able to see me in this capacity. And she had she had told me that many times as well. I mean, I saw her this past April. So the thing, I, the thing I always remember about her is how compassionate she was and what a good listener she was. I just wish that she was able to talk about her own issues and problems more to either me or someone else. Right. Because I felt like she internalized that way too much. And she was very sensitive where other people's tempers she would really internalize mm-hmm. where sometimes you want to tell people to F off. Right. And obviously you and I don't have that problem because we tell, <laughs> we tell our listeners to fuck off or are listening to the show. I don't think I can't think of any podcast. Everybody, every other podcast they are fucking got their head up. Their listeners asses begging for donations. We're like, look, man, if you don't want to support the show, go fuck off. You know, we say that every episode yeah. and then we support the people who do Amen. support us. So, so rather, rather than like you and I talking about it off air, we get it off our chest every week. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife laughs about that. She's like, man, she's, she was uh, watching a video of Russell Brand um, the other night. She's like, "Oh my God, just listen to him talk! Like I, he's like the perfect guest for you because he is so much like you and Mike. He's he's so much like his he's, he's so much like fuck off, just fuck off." And it's funny. Last night, one of my friends sent me like a freaking meme from Helen Mirren, who definitely doesn't give a damn about anybody. She goes, "You know, <laughs> no. she goes, she goes, at seventy years old, you know, if I could give my younger self one piece of advice, it would be to use the words fuck off much more frequently." I'm like, yeah. "Well, looks like I'm I'm ahead of the game then. If that's the case, if she's doing that at seventy, <laughs> he's trying to tell so her." It's like, it's, like these, it's like these older women who hit on you at the bar. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give, they, they, they walk right lose. over. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have nothing to lose. They're like, do you understand? Young young women are all playing with their hair, like <laughs> Ill, Ill, Ill insecure. Uh, like the older woman, all of a sudden, like a drink shows up in front of you. It's like that came from so and so across there. Like wink, wink. 
I'll show you a good time. You'll never forget, young man. I bet you would. <laughs> You're like, I believe you. <laughs> Thanks for the drink. <laughs> Which is why I'm leaving right now. <laughs> Even the quality of the drink is different. She's like, she sends you like yeah. 50-year-old scotch. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Some cute girl is like, are you going to buy me a drink? Why, you thirsty? You don't have any money? How you come to a bar and you don't have any money? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so, oh, man. man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the funny stuff. So anyway, I, I just wanted to put that out there. This, it's, 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 the other irony is that in my mother, the last time I talked to my mother, which was the day before she passed, she was so worried about having to put their dog down because right. he was really ill. And then she had no idea that she was going to pass that night or the next morning. Right. So you, you just don't know when your clock is going to be over is what I want. And I'm someone who doesn't have any regrets on that front because I live my life the way I want to every day and have for some time now. So I always say that if I checked out tomorrow, it wouldn't be tragic because I was checking out doing what I wanted to do, both personally and professionally. Right. So I'm not worried about that. I don't have any fear of death because I've had two, life near, two near-death experiences. So I've been down that road before. And it only, it only would have bothered me if I died back then. It would have bothered me because I felt like I was just on the precipice about, of doing some great things for myself. Right. You know, now it's not that not that there aren't other things I want to do, but I've done a lot of great things and I've lived a fulfilling life. So it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. It wouldn't be tragic if this is it right now. So how many people can say that about their lives, though? I mean, Most people are, are people on their deathbed, and that's all, they always talk about the things they regretted they did exactly living. And and you know we were talking about this off air just about death. We like even just people like my wife and I when we talk about this, our you know friends and family are like man how can you guys talk about it like that? I'm like because we're living our life, so we exactly. don't really see it like everyone else. And that's right. why it gets a little awkward sometimes for other people when they bring up death. It's just kind of like. I know that my view is a little different and some of those people are not mentally prepared to accept the way that I see it. So, you know, that's like, there's a loss of a friend or something like that. I said, you know, I send them my condolences and I'm good with it. I'm done. You know, I'm not going to sit there and just harp on it as much because I see death a little differently than people. Cause I'm like, I accept the fact that it is necessary. It is a part of this. And like we, you know, we were saying, you know, the quote, our friend Steve Maxwell, no one leaves this place alive. You know, and when people understand that, I think that's when they will really start making changes in their lives and start trying to do the things that they really want to do. Or you, least- want, you want to have a sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, I, I go, unsuccessful people think they have all the time in the in world. In the world. It's like, that's the problem. You think I, you I don't time. live my life that way. I live my life like I don't have much time to get it done, which is why I have this sense of urgency. It's like, I need to get this stuff done now. Right. And that's why I get stuff done. Because I don't want to talk about something and then three years later someone's like, hey, uh, what's whatever happened to that? And I'm like, oh, uh, I'm still working on it. Well, here's another thing about that. It's like you want to get stuff done that you're actually passionate about. Here's the thing. Most of the things you procrastinate about, you don't care about it. You don't want to do it. You don't care about it. I know there's there's things I'm just like, ah, I got to go and, you know, make a change on this or I need to I need to pay this or I need to buy that. It's usually shit I don't care about because I'm putting it off. Anything I really want, I'm like, shh. I got to move some money around. I got to get this now because, you know, I want this right now. I don't want to sit there and get it later. I don't want to say, oh, okay, next time. No. I mean, you never got around to that bleached day hole because no. it just wasn't a priority. <laughs> wasn't you a priority. Like, you know I mean, what? it sounded like a good idea initially, but, but you know, three years later, it still hasn't happened. Yeah, I'll, tomorrow, I'll never see it, so why would I spend that much money on it? <laughs> What, I'm going to sit around putting a mirror that, behind now, my Now that we've actually met someone who has, Mike Catherwood, oh, we can kind of live vicariously through I cannot him. watch the Game Show Network now and see him and not think about oh, him. I know. Like, come on, Any, Anytime man. I see him on anything, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bleach guy. Oh, Bleach ass Mike. Check him out. <laughs> 
But 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 I I can't emphasize enough that you don't have all the time in the world. You you never know when some kind of life threatening issue is going to come around the corner, which I don't wish upon anybody. I hope it doesn't happen, but you never know. So you you got to live your life like you need to make things happen now. You should wake up every morning like I got to fucking make this shit happen. I got to quit that goddamn job I hate that I've been doing for five years and finally go pursue my passion. I got to get out of this self destructive relationship. I got to I got to stop my own self destructive behaviors today. Yeah. Stop fucking putting shit off that because you think, oh, I can just do that some other time. I can quit smoking tomorrow. I'm just going to enjoy it today. And you know, in, in reference to those relationships and things like that, and stop making decisions based on guilt. Guilt? Yeah, yeah. To my, yeah. That is the crappiest emotion ever. You're like, just just stop it. Stop it with like the guilt. Fear, fear-based decisions and oh guilt, gosh, right? Most people like, make decisions. It's either because they're afraid of something well, what or they have guilt about it. Yeah, yeah, know, exactly. Or, you know, I'm going to be ostracized for doing this. People are not going to like me. F them. <laughs> okay, yeah. who cares? Okay, here's the thing. For every person that doesn't like you, there's going to be somebody ready to like you in their place. You probably don't even know they're liking you because you're too busy focusing on people who don't like you, who don't give a shit about well, you. Well, you know, you know what's funny <laughs> is that in, in Hinduism, there's there's a strong underlying tone. It's in Buddhism and Sufism as well, basically mm-hmm. any mysticism, is that the whole world's an illusion, right? Yeah, it is. Like, all, all of our thoughts and ideas and what we think is really an illusion. Like people see, I own my house. You don't no, own you fucking own anything. Or, or you, know, you, don't, you don't even own your own body. Oh, here's one. No, you, you, don't, you, don't own, you don't own anything. So Everything's rented. But, but, but you know, the good side of that is that if it's all an illusion, then you might as well do what you want to do instead of doing some <laughs> bullshit that's been sold to you, some bill of goods. You know, I always laugh at people say, like, you know, we got to protect our borders. I'm like, that's those are imaginary, <laughs> those are imaginary lines, man. There is no. Well, don't worry, thing. don't worry, sincere. We'll 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 build a big wall of China around America and get Mexico to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, guess what? Somebody's gonna climb that wall. Somebody's gonna get over it. Somebody's gonna find a way. When somebody's determined, they're like children. When a child wants something, they will get it, or they'll throw a hissy fit until they finally get it. Look at look at our politicians. So I'm like, just stop it. You can't stop. People from getting what they really, really want. Because when, no, really, when they're really passionate about think, it, uh, everything you think you own is an illusion. It's exactly. like, okay, like the strength you have right now, someday you're not going to have it anymore. It's going to go it's away. It's just a fact. It's just a fact of reality. It's going to be replaced like, uh, with something else. All the money you have in the savings, either you're going to well, lose it or, or you're going to die and it's not yours anymore. Well, it's so not even yours people now. People that are like, you know, you got two kinds of people, right? You got like these cheap ass who's never want to spend a dime on anything. It's like, what are you saving it all for? You know, you're going to die like with said, a bunch of money orders. in the bank. Yeah, you're going to, it's like all these experiences you're missing out on because you had this fear based mindset of if I don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to run out at some point. And then the other extreme is people that just blow money like there's no tomorrow. It's like they're racking up debt. Right. Like there's no tomorrow. See, both, neither one of those extremes are ones you want to follow. It's like a good friend of mine, actually, Rohit Kalra, he's going to come on the show in a couple months and talk about investment strategies and money saving strategies. He's a really good accountant, very interesting guy, too. So he's going to talk about this stuff in a manner that's, that's appealing to the listeners. So I look forward to having him on in November. But anyway, it's that, I, I, I think, I think the biggest problem people have is they don't realize that, the one commodity we're all running out of is time. And <laughs> right. once it's gone, it's gone for good. There's no redo. The you, don't, you, don't, you don't get to go back in time and change anything. You know, you can lose money and remake it. You can lose strength and get it back. You can get overweight and lose it. You know, you, you can put on time, size. <laughs> exactly. Time's it's up. Like um, in Wall Street, the second yeah. one, right? Michael yeah. Douglas said, you know, he said he goes in the first movie. He said that information is the most valuable commodity. And then he spent. 
like a decade in prison. prison. He goes, you know what? He goes, time is the most valuable commodity. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, I mean, there's a quote from Colors. It's like, uh, was it Colors? Yeah. Um, basically, when the one guy was locked up, he's like, hey, man, you got all these tickets or whatever. It's like, you know, we got to take you in or you got to pay the fine. He goes, I got more time than money, Holmes. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it. That's the one thing about it. You've got time, you know, right now. You know, you can sit there and, you know, lose the money, whatever else. But at the end of the day, man, the most, imper- most important currency is time. You know, it's yeah, whether thing. you're a billionaire or a homeless guy, you're yeah. both running out of you're time. You're equal. You're a both equal. <laughs> yeah, a billionaire does not cannot buy time more than a pauper can. No, exactly. Right? So it doesn't matter no how proper. much money you have or anything. We're all losing time. So my attitude exactly. about that is, you better make time work for you, as opposed to just wasting it. Like I hate when I hear people say, "Oh, I do this to kill time." You can't kill it. You should, well, you, well, I mean, you should never be looking at time like it's something to, to Why waste? are you trying to kill time? Yeah. You know, that's, why are you trying to kill the most important thing that you have right, right. now? It's, <laughs> like, I, it's like I go blow money to blow money. It's like, no, you shouldn't just be blowing money on stuff. <laughs> you should be making concerted – you should be making concerted decisions. Well, like Mike, this I can't take it with me. I'm going to do bury the money with me. Okay, but well, you, hey, I, I, it. You, you should go have fun with money. No, yeah. I mean I work hard to make the money I have. I'm going to do what I want with it, no doubt about it. And there's no point saving every nickel because I could be dead tomorrow. But at the same time, most likely I'm probably not going to be dead. So I need to I need to be able to take care of future. I got to pay these bills and everything else. So (laughs) I told my look here, I may not be able to die and take the money with me, but hell, nothing's crappier than dying and having that debt. You can't take the debt with you. You put on somebody else. Okay. So no, no, it's exactly now your kids are exactly someone else. Your wife is or whoever is your wife, husband, kids. Someone's going to have to pay that for your your blowing stuff off. It just gets passed on like an inheritance. There's an inheritance <laughs> going on. You're passing on debt. It's like I don't have any money to leave you, but I got a million dollars in debt all for you. Thanks, Thank you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean the other thing is I forget my train of thought here, man. There was there was one more thing I was going to say about time. It'll, it'll come back to me in a minute. But yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just that the, this this whole notion that we just have all the time in the world to get stuff done. That's what I really want to get across. That that that's so an illusion. Here's, there. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Use that time to do the things that you truly give a damn about. Yeah. Okay, and there's the thing about it. Instead of wasting your time on things, you can give two rats asses about. And, and quit coming up with excuses and using those guilt-driven excuses like, well, I got to do this. Okay, look here. Okay, yeah. I don't – I don't. here's the thing. Yeah, you got to pay bills. You got to do things like that. That's just a necessity right now in the world we live in, especially in the free quote-unquote free world. You know, yeah, you got to deal with that. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that all your time, all your energy has to go toward – just doing that, paying bills. Yeah, and That's not why you you're here, man. Yeah, you don't have to do a job you hate forever, too. We've all no. done that. I did that for many years, yeah. and I decided no more. Made a decision and never looked back. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the other the other saying, though, I really hate is live like today is your last day. It's like, well, that's stupid because if today were my last day, I wouldn't be here on the show talking to you. I wouldn't be running my business, taking care of customer orders. I would take all the money I have and go do some fun shit with the last 24 hours I have. I'm not going to worry about it. Like if I know for sure today is my last day, then I'm not going to be doing what I normally do day to day. I like what I do day to day, but I have the notion that I'm going to be around for a while doing it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get the idea behind it, you know, live fully. Okay, I understand that. But let's, you can't take that advice literally, obviously. So why say it at all? I want stuff I can take literally, not stuff that I can say, well, I know what you mean metaphorically by that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, man. 
that, that would be dangerous for some people. You tell them, like, all right, you live like this is your last day. Like, okay. <laughs> there will be some very destructive people going out there. Well, shit, it's my last You ever seen some of these people on their last day and they know it's their last day of work? You ever seen them, yeah. what they do? <laughs> do, yeah, you really yeah, want, yeah, exactly. do you really want that guy to pay attention to that mantra? <laughs> it's like, oh, for real? No, no. <laughs> You're out banging all these well, you know that that's that brings up another <laughs> kind of a you know there's there, I, have, I have someone it's not a friend of mine it's in the neighborhood guy guy lives in the neighborhood his family and eventually their 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 whole family just imploded recently where this guy not only had affairs on his wife and was gambling a lot and doing all these self destructive things at one point you know he attacked her in a way which basically looked like he was trying to kill her. And I was really shocked to hear the story because this person's not a friend of mine, but I've talked to him before. And I've seen him in the neighborhood and done stopping chats and always seemed like a nice guy. Always seemed like he was really happy with his family and really dedicated to them and all that stuff. And then I hear all these stories from another guy who is friends with him. And I was like, wow, that's shocking. You know, on one hand, it's not shocking because, you know, I've read books like uh, The Lucifer Effect. So I understand how we put on a lot of false fronts right. where we're just trying to keep up images and then inside we're not happy at all. Especially probably because you're trying to keep up images. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And that's tiring in itself, man. Yeah, exactly. So here's a guy who was obviously not happy with himself. And that's where it all comes from. He's not happy with himself. And that's causing him to act in self-destructive ways, which eventually, like a snowball running down a hill, build up to this dramatic sequence of destructive events where now it affects other people. So where I'm going with this is that it's very important for you to know who, who what you exactly, who you you have no idea what you would do in a situation where there's situation forces. No clue. You better think about that now so that if you're ever in a situation like that, you'll have something to go, you know, this is what I'm not going to do here. I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself to be coerced situational form, act in a way that I never would otherwise. But right. don't have the illusion that I'm a good person. It's like, yeah, you are when things are convenient. But right. what about when they're not? You may not be such a good person. You need to think about these things. Because this guy didn't. And it was very destructive, not just for him, but people around him. So that's where I'm going is that it's not just you that's on the line. You know, people that are following their bliss, they're not a danger to other people around them. Right. Those of you that are not following your bliss and you hate what you do for a living and you're angry all the time and you're drinking every weekend, you're dangerous to society because we don't know when you're going to (laughs) snap. You don't even know when you're going to fucking snap. You're like a goddamn sleeper cell walking around. (laughs) (laughs) You You are a ticking time bomb, man, where you have no fucking clue. Right, like man. people like us are not. I'm not. Why would I snap? I'm happy no. with everything in my life. And then when I'm not happy about something, I vocalize it. Exactly. I don't suppress that shit. Exactly. And I mean, how many people do we know, even just personally, that we know who's just like that, man? And hell, we've even told them, like, dude, you need to, you need to address that stuff, man. Because I'm not trying to be around you today that you just like decide, like, you know what? F it. Today's the day. I'm done. Like, nah, don't be done somewhere else. Okay, not around me. Okay, that's the thing about it, man. So you know, all, all these people we know that are always trying to keep the peace. Like always trying to be overly diplomatic. It's like, well, you I don't want to offend anybody. You know? They're so worried. About, I mean, everyone is just treating them like shit, but they're so worried about what those people are feeling. It's like, look, someone treats me like shit. I'm going to tell them to fuck off. I'm not worried about what you're feeling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you come at me in a disrespectful manner. I'm not going to be like, well, I don't want to say that because it may hurt this person's feeling. It's like, no, you're coming at me in a disrespectful manner. I'm going to I'm not going to tolerate it. Yeah, period. You're going to address that, you know. 
again, yeah. you know, people are going to treat you the way you train them to treat you. And that's Absolutely. the thing about it. So don't get all pissed off when they like, I'm sick of this. Well, this is what you created. You, you trained this monster to act that way towards you. Yeah. So don't get pissed off, Dr. Frankenstein, when the monster turns <laughs> on you. Okay. You created it. And the, the only caveat is that you never know what people are going through. Like when I was, right. after I found out my mother passed and I'm just running around, it's like no one knows that that just happened. Yeah. Because why would they know? You know, they, they can't read my mind. So sometimes people are acting in a way which is, different from how they normally act or maybe they're just experiencing such an extreme level of sorrow that they're acting out in a way where you're like whoa what the hell's wrong with this person right just take a step to realize that you don't know what's going on with that everybody's person. going through some shit yeah man. yeah everybody it's not just you. it's easy to judge <laughs> yeah. when you don't really know what's going on is where i'm going it's like uh, i'm not saying that every person you meet who said just went mm-hmm. through what i'm talking about but you don't know so just try to step back a little bit and not judge too quickly and this is one thing i'm working on because i tend to be judgmental where i see someone i'm like look at this fucking idiot doing this and then usually i stop myself i'm like hey you don't know what's going on so just back the fuck off so i'm I'm happy to see at least i stopped myself in that situation i mean you know we're all human we all get there no matter how conscious we try to be about that you know we have those moments we're like this fucking ass but then you sit there like i don't know how did he get here though i mean sometimes you you see someone at the gym doing something stupid and you have this elitist at you like look at this fucking idiot he has no clue what he's doing it's like well if you really feel that way why don't you go over and help him or her out yeah. Why don't you offer some advice? Or just don't say anything, don't at, say all. anything at all. But don't just... say anything to yourself at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. You know? yeah. So don't, don't feel like you that it's acceptable to put other people down to feel better about yourself. Exactly. You don't need to do that. You know, if you're really confident with yourself, it's coming from a place of compassion and strength. It's not coming from a place of just being an elitist prick. Exactly. Exactly, man. So. <laughs> so, well, yeah, cool. I, I think there's a couple other things that are totally off topic that I wanted to address and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, yeah, one thing I read is a study on how really heavy weight training causes the arteries to constrict, right? So hmm. that, that can increase your blood pressure and cause other, other cardiovascular issues. So, th- so the, the way to nullify it, there's two interesting ways. One, actually taking creatine has a very positive effect on your arteries. So that's one more reason to take creatine in addition to all the things Dr. Antonio talked about in the last episode. It's good for your brain health. It's good for strength. There's really no reason not to take creatine. It's got so many benefits. And every time they do research on it, they find even more. So one more thing is that it actually helps keep your arteries healthy. And then the other thing you can do in addition to that is let's say you do a really hard weight training session, deadlift, squats, et cetera. Do about 20 minutes of moderate cardio at the very end. And this is an effort where you could talk to someone while you're doing it. So it might be a jog. Maybe you're doing Hindu squats for 10 minutes, you know, just at a moderate pace. Maybe you're getting on a cardio machine. Who cares what it is? You know, just right. 20 minutes of moderate activity. Go run around the block after your workout. And then do a couple cardiovascular sessions, some similar to what Nate Morrison recommended a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. You know, do some sprinting, do some intense weight training, and then do some low intensity cardiovascular type activities. And that way you can nullify all the negatives. Perfect. Yeah, actually. I was just like taking that down. So put it in the notes. <laughs> Doing notes over here. <laughs> so because I know that's that's probably one thing I, I think when people reading the show notes, they definitely like, oh okay, what is that about? You know, especially you know you got us talking about, you know, the benefits of moderate moderate cardio and creatine. They're like, wait a minute, these guys yeah. are cardio, really? <laughs> and this is exercise where it's not a competition. Yeah, exactly. In other words, you're not trying to outrun the person next to you, you're not trying to set PRs. You're just doing moderate exercise similar to a meditative fashion. And these are good recovery workouts as well. If you just lift heavy weights and that's all you do, you're going to be so fucking tight. It's not even going to be funny. You're going to be stiff as a board. So get your joint mobility in. Get your cardio sessions in. Get your meditation in. Get your stretching in. Stretching is the other thing also that helps with your arteries. So stretch after you work out. 
And then that way you can enjoy these. These may be the things that you don't enjoy that much, but it allows you to enjoy the things you do for a much longer period without developing any negatives. Perfect. <clears throat> so, and even something like um, just like light skipping rope, which is what I like to do after yeah, like yeah, a heavy a session. One. You know, I'm not sitting there trying to do like you know double unders or anything like that, which is going to jack my heart rate up even more. Just yeah, like right. you know, just light skipping rope, and also that's also benefit beneficial to my joints. You know, yeah, joints yeah. is another thing. But another thing is, on a side note with that, do it on a surface that's going to be forgiving on your joints. You know, right. I'm not trying to go out and do it on hard concrete, you know, whatever, which is going to add more stress to my joints and which is going to actually add stress to my heart rate and everything else. So, you know, go on a rubber surface. Or, or like you, could do, you could use one of those rebounders if you're not yeah. very coordinated. I mean, you don't, you don't oh, have yeah. to jump rope on a rebounder. Just jump, period. Yeah, just jump on a that rebounder. Actually we have, really we have, well, we have yeah. one right here at our house. I, I keep yeah. it right here by my little workstation. Every now and then, I'll just hop on it, man. You know, that's, that's also good, like I said, for just, just, just like for blood flow. Brain activity. It's not something that's super stressful, really getting my all jacked up or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it could if I really wanted to, but at the same time, it's just like, boom, just, just another change, just get my energy up, man. And, um, and it's also good for the lymph nodes, too. You yeah, know, that's yeah, very absolutely. important. Yeah. You know, so, it's, and it's, it's, my wife loves it. You know, yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm not trying to do all that crazy stuff you and Mike do, but, uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. She's all those yeah, I don't, I don't see her with the sledgehammer in the backyard anytime. She's soon. like, nah, I got better ways of working off stress instead of beating the hell out of a tractor tire. <laughs> I, said, I, I like beating up. She said, yeah, you're a boy. That's I don't, I don't do. see her pushing the war machine down the street, the street anytime soon over there. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I'm coming yeah, you, like, you, find, you find what you like to do. There's, yeah. there's, there's something for everybody. Yeah. So Whatever, exactly. whatever it is, that's what's going to work well for you. Because if you can't be compliant with it, what's the point? Exactly. And I think it's people need to quit worrying about what Sincere does with his training program. You see a video with me that I post, or you see Mike and like, oh, well, I want to do that program too. Well, I'm doing what you – I saw what you post, and I did that, and, and, man, it kicked my ass. Of course it did. You don't know anything well, about this. Well, I was this. laughing because, I mean, a bunch of people asked us that it would be great to get more into Steve Cotter's protocol, like have him back on the show and just get really detailed into his nutrition regimen, his training regimen. I was like, look, folks, I'll give you some inside info. Okay, as I've been I've been friends with Steve for a long time. <laughs> right. Here's, here's the one thing about Steve you want to remember before anything else. He is extremely genetically gifted in a lot of fronts, meaning that you don't just work up to 50 one-legged squats by accident. <laughs> yeah. You know, he did it pretty fast. Like he 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 hurt his arm. So while everyone else was doing push-ups in a martial arts class he did one like a squat and he was keeping up with them rep for rep how many fucking people you know who can do that <laughs> right yeah and that's number one and then not only is steve really good at one-legged squats he makes it look better than anyone else I've ever <laughs> exactly seen. like well like when he does one-legged squats that's what i would that's what i wish i looked like doing right. it. perfectly upright it just looks really graceful the way he does it most other people <laughs> they're, 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 <laughs> there's like don't do that they look Stop like a tin that. man that needs some oil and they're just back like, Dude. is totally rounded they're <laughs> leaning forward and then they're, they're leaning back and then they look they're, like they're, a transformer going from a car to a robot <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was like don't do that man stop stop like, doing stop that just, that's not that's not for you steve steve works out in a very loose fashion meaning that unless something unless something has changed recently he doesn't follow like some regimented workout routine he just trains for fun he just gets out there and works out and just does whatever he feels like doing that day that's his regimen so it's not like he has some periodization program that he's following strictly like the way you and i do or nate morrison does or a lot of people we know right. and then when, when it comes to his nutrition it's like yeah he's eating a lot healthier now but, but. <laughs> I, I've, I've been I've been out with Steve many times yeah, where 
He's having a stack of waffles for breakfast, and Ice I'm having cream my, and then dr- and chasing it down with beer, and yet yeah, I'm, I'm having my I'm having fat. my I'm having my spinach salad and the tea. <laughs> you know, and Steve is more ripped all year round than exactly. I've ever been eating whatever the fuck he wants to the eat. The funniest <laughs> thing to me is still that one video where Steve's with that one doctor guy, man. Yeah, and yeah, Steve's yeah. talking about all right, I, yeah, I got to cut down on the ice cream, and he's pinching his thumb. I'm like, dude, you don't have any skin to grab. What are you talking about? Yeah, you yeah, cut yeah down exactly. <laughs> And we always joke. You know, he always like, talk. He always says, you know, if I want to go to six, if I want to go below six percent body fat, I just cut sugar out of my diet. And he meant like putting the sugar he puts in his coffee or something. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> that's all he needs. That's all he needs to do. Oh man. So again, it's like, yes, yeah, Steve is extreme. I'm, I'm not saying Steve doesn't work hard. So don't don't uh, don't interpret all of this as that. I'm not saying that he doesn't work out hard and like everything just comes easily to him. No, he works out really hard and he he put and he pushes himself in, in a physically very hard. But don't think that you can duplicate exactly what he's doing and get the same results is where I'm going. Right. <laughs> like someone watching Kim Blackburn do chair presses with two double double reds for 50 reps. It's like, oh, how did he work up to that? He didn't work up to that. He just did it that day. <laughs> exactly. He didn't even train for that shit. It was like right after he did jerks for 10 minutes. He just minutes. paid attention to some of the other guys and why they were struggling. He's like, well, maybe if I did it, if I did it this way, maybe I can do a few more reps than those guys. And next thing you know, he's setting a world record. He's like, oh. Well, that went well. That went well. (laughs) Ken has a perfect physique for pressing. Yeah. He's got the right body weight to strength ratio. That's why, like, he sent us a clip of him pressing 205 (laughs) once. He sent us a a clip of him barbell pressing 205 one time. And both of us are like, that's it? (laughs) Because we know what he's capable of, man. I was like, you should have pressed that 20 times once. I was like, that's like 30 pounds less than you weigh, for one thing. So even I can press that. For reps, and at least I could when I was doing barbell pressing. So I was like, I was like, oh cool, he must be banging this out. Did it one time and racked it. <laughs> you know? And then he did it once. It was easily. I'm like, it was easy. I'm like, yeah, Dude. yeah, it was nothing. I'm like, like give me some more. Form. Come on, give me more. <laughs> He's like, okay, there you go. <laughs> so again, it's like you don't you don't want to look at me or or you sincere or Ken or I mean you can be inspired by other people and yeah. you can learn technique and, and overall concepts from people. Don't get me wrong. But you know, I'm not going to look at the way Mark Philippi deadlifts and duplicate it exactly because yeah, I have a exactly. different body type than him. I am going to listen to him in terms of make sure you're explosive off the ground, make sure you right. load up your legs. Because it's funny, is like I was talking to Chris Reed about your deadlift technique. We were talking about, I was like, yeah, I was like, I watched Sincere do that 455. The first thing that came to mind is Sincere's got a really strong back. <laughs> because yeah. that's all you were using yeah. to lift that off the ground. I was like, Sincere's back is an iron wall, man, because I could just tell in your face that it was all back. <laughs> you know? And I was like, when he learns how to push his heels through the floor and transfer that energy, he is going to be so happy with himself because it's not going to be – not only is it not going to be anywhere near as difficult, it's not going to be that unpleasant where it's right. like that slow grind. Yeah. I was like, because it reminds me of like when I first started deadlifting where – I would get in position and stay there for way too long, yeah. right? Which is one thing you did in that clip. And then the other thing is too much back because you have a really strong back from all the kettlebell stuff, just like I yeah. do. <laughs> so it's like, so once I, once I showed Mark a similar clip and then he said the same things to me that I'm saying right now. Yeah. He's like, you got to dip and drive. It's like, you're, you get in position, you're, you're down there for way too long, just messing around. You want, the second your hips drop, you want to rip that motherfucker off the ground. Yeah. It's like the, the, <laughs> the bar should go from the ground to your knees like a pop, bam. Yeah. And then your back finishes it off. And once I learned that, it took a while. I mean, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at it now, where now it feels great. So it's like I already know what's in your future you know, because I can see it. I was like in a couple couple more sessions, he's going to be doing that. Yeah. And you're going to look you're going to look back in that clip and go, shit, man. And I'm oh, banging man. that out for reps now. It was um, actually I was looking at uh, I think it was um, 
this guy. Oh, it was either it was either Chris Chris Duffin. I think that's the guy's name. I think I was looking at him, man. The, the was the Kabuki Warrior guy, you know. And I was watching him do that, it, and it's just pretty much doing what you were saying, man. It's just like boom, he just ripped it. It was either him or Nick O'Reilly, one of those guys I was looking at, man. It's hard and, to get the timing right. That's yeah, I mean, I saw it, and I was like, damn. You know, but the thing is, he took this real. I mean, his ass was very low to the floor when he did that first yeah. dip. I was, yeah, yeah. It is in a sumo stance. I was like, hmm. And oh, I mean, he's like, yeah. he, he almost like it almost like he butt putted the floor. It was like boom, bump, and then <laughs> and then he just whipped it right up. I was like, okay, there's something to be said about that. And it was about six hundred. You know, it was six hundred. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not gonna lift that when you, when you get to a certain weight, you're not gonna be able to grind it out anymore. No. Like you, you can <laughs> grind out to a certain point. Like, in other words, you're not going to go from where you are right now to, let's say, 550 using the technique you're using no, right now. No, hell no. Trust me. I know. Not, not to say <laughs> that you're not going to get to 550. That's totally within your capabilities. But it's going to be a lot – it's going to look a lot different than what you're doing yeah, right now. And that's just, that's man, why I've been experimenting with different, like, stances and, and sumo and all these other things because, like, you kind of – at this point, doing what I'm doing, you know, I'm at that sticking point. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, something's got to change because, again – you can't be using your back doing that. No. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have freaking vertebrae flying all over the place. Well, I mean, one thing you realize, though, is your, your back is not the weak link. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, I mean, that's – the good news is that your back is really strong. Otherwise, it wouldn't go up at all. Right. So, And, and I, I had the same exact issues when I first started deadlifting. I was just pulling with the back way too much. It was really slow off the ground. I'm just grinding it out with my back all the way through. You can, right. you can see it in my face that it's all back. Yeah. I always say that you can see in someone's face when it's too much back because it's not pleasant when your back is straining. Yeah, exactly. So when, when you rip it off, the, I mean, when, you, when, you get, when you do that dip and drive just right and those first couple inches are easy, I can't tell you how good that feels. Yeah, because like while you you're doing it, you know, you know you're going to finish the rep. And it, just psychologically, you're like, fuck yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I remember you emailing me and, and going over, you know, emailing me that technique. You know, I think you had uh, looked at a video that Mark had posted. And yeah, he's describing the that. And then to, to kind of just validate what you were saying, I was looking, I was looking at a video of Eddie Hall and pretty much doing the exact same way you were saying, man. You know, not that I'm ever going to be sitting there fucking doing a, like a thousand and twenty pounds on a deadlift. Well, look at that guy yeah. from Westside. I forget his name. Remember that clip I sent you? The guy's deadlifting yeah, pounds. Yeah. And it came off the ground fast. Yep. It went from point A to point B fast. It wasn't like a grind where he hit a sticking point. Because, I mean, think about it. If you hit a sticking point with that much weight, your back is gone. <laughs> yeah, man. It's exactly. fucking done. I mean, there's a clip of Sergey. I forget his last name, but he was doing a, a press. It wasn't a push press or a jerk in the Olympics. It was a press. So it's looser than a strict military press. You're driving your hips forward. You're dropping your shoulders. You're doing a chest bump, but you're not using a leg drive. Now, he, he pressed 500 pounds overhead, and it went from point A to point B very quickly mm -hmm. because that's the only way it's going to go. Right. If he, stood, if he hit a sticking point at forehead level and then just tried to press it out, his back would break in half with that much weight. Right. So that's what Mark is always – that's what Mark tried to tell me. He's like, you want to accelerate that bar so much that it gets up to your knees with the, from the leg drive. And then from there, it doesn't matter how heavy it is. You can finish it off. Like someone like you has such a strong back that no matter what weight you get to your knees, you're not gonna you're not gonna miss the lift from there. Your right. back is strong enough to finish whatever it is. And I'm same thing with me. You know, my back is my strongest body part too, where I had to really learn how to take the back out of the equation as much as possible and use more of a leg drive. That's why I like doing partial deadlifts is 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 worthless for me because I'm strong in that motion. Right. I'm just reinforcing I'm already good at. Right. And deficit deadlifts, they don't help with off the floor, at least not in my experience. Other people say it may great for them. 
I always found that it didn't. It kind of just threw off my groove for yeah. regular deadlifts. So you know, you know how you get good at deadlifts? You fucking do deadlifts. <laughs> right. There it is. You can do all these other fucking variations <laughs> all day long, you know, but you get good at deadlifts by doing deadlifts. So, I mean, that's why I deadlift every week. I don't, I don't yeah. like change the exercise every three weeks or, or do some other variation. Like, oh, I'm going to do trap bar this time and, and then sumo next time. It's like, no, I use the same exact technique on a barbell deadlift every single week because every single time I do it, I get that much better. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you're constantly figuring out things when you're doing yeah. it that way. You you can sit there like, okay, because it's fresh in your mind. So you just did it last week, so you're like, okay, I was doing it this way. And that's why you always, always, when we film and video ourselves, it's not just to sit there and be stroking ourselves to put it up on YouTube and get accolades or whatever else. <laughs> it's me so I can critique my technique because, right. trust me, the last thing I'm trying to think about is like, okay, as I'm pulling it, Hey, are your hips back right now? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to think right now, dude. I need this to be instinctual. Like, I, I need to just be in this zone right now and just do it. And then go back and review the tape. Like, okay, that could have been better. Look at your hand position right there. That's probably the reason why it felt like it did on the right side. I'm not going to try to correct that midway through the pull. You're like, you know, your right hand is probably yeah. a quarter of an inch too much. If too you're not right. in the moment, if you're not in the – here's the thing, man. I mean – like when you're doing the repetition, all, all the time to analyze the lift ends once you're doing the repetition. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not gonna like think about ten things right when I'm in the bottom <laughs> position before I pull. It's like no, it should be automatic at that point. That's why you practice. You know how you practice improving technique with weights that are light for you. Exactly. <laughs> you don't do it with something that's your max or even close to it because you're. you're then you just go to getting the job done no matter what. You want. You want the weights to be light enough where you don't have to think about that. And then if you don't do it right, you can reset. You can do more. You can do lots of sets to really drill it in. Right. And that's how you get good at anything. You don't get good at. You're not going to get good at deadlifts if you're doing a maximum rep every single week. Yeah. You're just going to burn yourself out, and then your technique's actually going to get worse each time, to the point where now you're more injury prone. Exactly. You know, another interesting so, thing I saw, man, from some of these guys, man, like move big weight when it comes to deadlift. See, some of these guys, like once they squat down, and what they'll do, they'll kind of yank the bar before they start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yank it, yeah. And then, then they'll dip. One thing I, I, I noticed about it just visually, what that does, it pretty much also sends a signal to your brain that, okay, if you yank it that first time before you actually go into the pool itself, it pretty much t signals to your brain to make your ass drop. Yeah. Pretty much when you yank that bar like that, your ass drops automatically, and then, boom, the next thing you pull, your ass is already in place. You're ready to bring it on up. You right. Know, and I, I was noticing that with, um, I think it was like Dan, Dan Green's technique. You know, he just yanks and then boom, it's up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really good. Like, some, just kept, look at some of these guys' techniques, but not necessarily sit there and think like, oh, I'm going to copy exactly what that guy's doing. It gives you some things to think about. And then the yeah, thing is, principles. And, yeah. and the thing is, get some lighter weight and see how it works for you. Don't try to do it with your max weight, you know, so just and you figure some things out. And again, video yourself so you can actually see yourself and don't try right. to rely on someone else watching you because, hell, what? They may not necessarily sometimes, know. I mean, what sometimes at. you think. I mean, sometimes you do a lift and you visualize in your mind what you look like while you're doing it. And then yeah. you see a clip and you're like, oh, shit. It's kind of like when you're banging your spouse or your, or your mate. You're thinking like, you think you're hitting it all. Yeah, yeah. And you realize you weren't doing anything. <laughs> to my, to my, in your mind, you're a porn star. Okay. You knew, you knew that analogy was coming up. Folks, yeah. <laughs> oh, if, it was, if, if it wasn't that analogy, it was going to be like another out of BC analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. It. Come on, that's just that's how we always have to end the show, man. Come on, we couldn't be us. We didn't bring it back to that. 
I remember I was, when I was really – I mean I'm still, I still work on kettlebell pressing now because it's one of the few pressing moves that feel good for me given the, the issues I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was really chasing heavy kettlebell presses like 2008, like when I would do it, I, I thought in my mind it looked a certain way. Right. Like, oh, man, that felt great. I bet it looks like this. And then when I would see a clip, I'm like, oh, shit. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't look that good at all. I was like, I'm not fixating it overhead properly. I'm not pushing my. I'm not getting the weights locked out where it should be, right. where my where my entire body is supporting it overhead. But to me, those are not negatives. Those are. I, I want to know. I'm, yeah. I'm not some guy who likes to delude himself on stuff. Exactly. You know, if I'm not if I'm doing something incorrectly, I want to know that. I'm not going to just try to kid yeah. myself. Yeah, because I want to fix it asap. Because yeah. I don't want it fixing me later on down the line. And then I'm then you become that guy like yeah, I used to do deadlifts, but you know I hurt my back. I don't do them anymore. They they, yeah. they suck. You know, I had a guy sitting there, you know, we were at a, a, a friend's event and we were talking about deadlifts or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I like deadlifts at first, but man, you know, it just really started messing up my back. I'm like, no, the deadlifts didn't mess up your back. Your technique messed up your back. Yeah, I never, you know, I never feel deadlifts. E- your ego messed up, you know, messed up your back. Even, or I, your even on my really heavy, even <laughs> on my really heavy sessions, I, I don't feel the deadlift in the back. No. I feel, I feel it in the hamstrings and glutes. That's it, what's sore the oh, next day. Trust me. Yeah. So I took yeah. a point where you're trying to sit down, like, I used to laugh, like, when uh, a lot of the women, when they first started my class or whatever, they were like, the next day, like, okay, man, I had trouble sitting on the toilet. You know, I, you know, I didn't appreciate that. You know, I always laugh about that. But when you start doing, like, heavy dead, deadlifts, <laughs> you, feel you feel like, them. you're like, I didn't appreciate you telling me that, <laughs> you know, about your experience on the toilet. <laughs> you know? Not that kind of guy. Come on, I can't <laughs> see that in my head now. Thanks yeah, a lot. I don't need, I don't need to hear about what happened to you on the toilet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, man, but yeah, just trying to sit there and sit on a can or sit anywhere, man, you're like, shh. Jeez. It's like someone's just sitting there with a match right on your hamstrings the whole time. But then you're like, hell yeah. Okay, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you I'm not someone – I don't have like this stiff back the next day no. after death where like I can't bend over and pick something up or I get out of bed. I'm like, ugh. And on yeah. top of that, in, in between you know, in between sets, I'm doing joint mobility, man, You know, to make right, sure right. that my back is not going to get all tight and stiff. Yeah, I do, I do double gonna... kettlebell swings at the end of the workout yeah. to really loosen up. I do hanging leg raises to also loosen up, and then I stretch it out. And then on off days, I'm active. I'm doing my sprinting. I'm doing light work. So I'm staying active because you, you, the, the, the less active you are, the more you're going to stiffen up. Like yep. if you sit in a chair all fucking day long, yeah. you're going you're gonna to stiffen up even further. You've got to get up and move around as much as possible. Exactly. So there you go, people. There's some, some tips right there on recovery that we're throwing in there. So my recovery doesn't have to be a recovery day. It can happen actually during your training session. Okay, why, why wait? Why put it off for tomorrow? That's the whole theme of the show. We've been talking about why yeah. you wait until the next day. Why you wait until later on and putting things off? Do it now. You thinking about it now? Do it now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you're thinking about it, obviously it needs to be addressed. Okay, because there's a lot of Absolutely. things that probably I could be thinking about right now, but I'm not because it's not yeah. important. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. So well, we'll go ahead and wrap up there. And one thing you should be thinking about doing right now is using that coupon code LLA to go over to MikeMahler.com, get 10% off the best nutrition products out there, nutrition supplements, also eBooks, videos, all kinds of fun stuff over there. Lectures on how to optimize your hormones, how to make more money in your fitness business. Go over there, immerse yourself, buy some shit, use that coupon code, support me, support the show. And then what can they do over at your website? Same thing, man. You can go to NewWarriorTraining.com, use the same coupon code, 10% off. DVDs over there. Hey, you want to talk about recovery? I got a lot of recovery techniques that are on my body weight training workshop DVD. 
as well as things you can also do in between those hard training sessions. Also in those deload weeks, you know, deloading means just that. Deload means stop lifting all this heavy stuff and throw in some things that are fun, man, just for mental, just for the mental aspect of it and keep your mind in the game. So throw in some body weight training, some animal type training and things like that. You'll find all that on my DVD. And also you want to start talking about things as far as just training for body composition and not do another diet and not just trying to sit there and just cut weight or just focus on overuse by using certain bodybuilding type techniques or whatever and end up injuring yourself well that's another reason why i have my weight management program you know you sit there you learn pretty much how to train how to eat how to put all those things together and make it fit for you specifically not like mike or myself or steve cotter or anyone else you start figuring out what's going to work for you and how to put a good plan in place and that's what that weight management program is going to help you do give you a better understanding of what you're working with so you can get 10 percent off all those things ebooks all that stuff is over there man newwarriortraining.com and further, you can support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show, go into that little box, you see a one, put some zeros behind it or, some, or any other number, or simply start off with $5 a month, man. We'll take that too. And that keeps the show going and growing, and it helps us as far as producing the show, production, all that good stuff. So do that. And I mean, last if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't want to do anything, if you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can always deal with the karmic ramifications of, being, of lacking reciprocity. Taking advantage of people. You can always do that, too. That's yeah, an option. You can be that guy. <laughs> you know, or ramification, like ramming your head up your ass and not doing anything <laughs> about it. So anyway, <laughs> and last but not least, you can head over to TuneIn, Stitcher, you know, Spreaker, all those different things, man, as well as iTunes and support the show by leaving a review, rating us, sharing the episode with all your friends. And therefore, you don't have to worry about any type of ramifications going on in your life. All right, folks. So there you have it. Another great week. Keep those questions coming. And here's the deal. You got questions that you want us to address on the show? Email us. There's this thing called email. If you go to our websites, there are places on there where you can actually send in emails, you know, to ask a question. Not necessarily going over social media. Yeah, we're over there, but we're not there all the freaking time. So send in right. private messages on, on like Facebook or Twitter. Twitter. Good luck with that. <laughs> you, you know, it may not get addressed for about another month or so because how often do we even see that stuff? So if you have our email address, you know, how about use it? That'll work. All right. So there you go, folks. All right. So this is another week. We'll catch you on the next one, folks. Take care, everybody.